going to start with a nice word on Pasha's Bahar, but uh, can't go without mentioning the shock and the pain that Claudius was dealing with after the tragedy that happened in Meron. And similar to what I mentioned often when it comes to relationships, you know, it's all about what you could do whenever you see a problem. Sometimes it looks like it's someone else's problem, someone, sometimes it looks like someone else is causing the problem. But you know, when a person is always ready to do the introspection, I think, you know, what could I do to make this better? Where does it affect me? In what way can I take some responsibility? You know, so it's the same thing when we see things that happen. Hashem sends us messages. And instead of being tempted to look at the big picture and say what everyone else could be doing or just talk about what happened, you know, when a person can just take it to heart and say, you know what, what could I do about this? What does that have to do with me? Where could I improve? Where could I make that small dent you know, with my uh, tikkan amasim? You know, that's always something that, 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 that's... That's definitely taking the message to heart and doing the right thing. I'm going to mention the word in Pasha Bahar, which is also along these lines. It's a word from the Emir Yosef. The Emir Yosef says, On the Pusik, Vechiyumach, Rechichu, Imuti, Yudo, Imach. He brings the Bashemtav. This is a Makant Gedank from the Bashemtav. The Bashemtav said that if you see somebody does a bad thing, you see somebody else doing something wrong, you should know that it, it, it's, it's coming to show you that there's something you could do, there's something that, that you have to do about that. You see somebody doing a certain avaira. You see someone doing something wrong. Hashem's showing it to you to show you that you also have something to do with that. It's not only the other person. Even if it has nothing to do with you. And Sabakanta, the Bashem said it about himself as well. He once saw somebody being Mechal Shabbos. And Bashem right away made a Cheshman Nefesh. What does that have to do with me? Why would I notice someone else being Mechal Shabbos if I'm, if I'm not Mechal Shabbos? And that's when he realized that he was Mazal in the Kuvat of Atamut Chochem. He wants saw somebody being Mavasa Talmud Chochem, I think it was, or not being Noya Kovid in Talmud Chochem, and he wasn't Moicha. And he understood that because the Talmud Chochem is, is Nimshel to Shabbos, you know, like Shem Baichui, Shabbos Kedashata, and he wasn't Moicha, he didn't, he didn't stand up for the Kovid of Shabbos, that's why he saw somebody else being Mechal Shabbos, to, to show him that he has to be Mesachim, this, this Indian. And uh, I think the story goes that he went to be Mechabat the Shia, who was a good Batoira, to be Mesachim, this Indian. So the Maria Yosef Tachis, you see somebody else doing something wrong, you see somebody else falling, you see somebody else that's not uh, behaving the way he should, you notice something wrong, you have to realize what it has to do with you, it has something to do with you. There must be something about that person's wrongdoing that has some shaykhs to you. And if you're ready to look inside and make that cheshm, you'll notice where you could be doing things better and we have to be misakin, something, something along that, that Indian that somebody else is doing. So I think that when it comes to relationships, I think there's something that can be mentioned about that as well, because very often you notice some, some, something wrong in someone else. Let's, let's talk about showing bias, right? You notice something wrong in your spouse. Now, aside from the Baal approach, that if you're noticing your spouse doing something wrong, maybe you have, you have something to do with that as well. Not maybe, you must have something to do with that as well. And that's why from Shemayim, you know, it's, it's, it's being brought about that you should notice what somebody else is doing wrong. But very often, when it's that close to home, it's, it's even more... It's even more applicable. It's even more, um, um, you know, shayach to you. It's not only that you happen to notice that your spouse is uh, wasting time. It could be you're also wasting some time. You can use your time better. Very often, when you notice someone that close to you doing something wrong, very often it has actual. Uh, it actually has to do with you. Now, I don't, I don't mean to imply that you should always take the blame for someone else's wrongdoing, or that if you notice that your spouse is doing something wrong, you must you must be at fault. There are some people that are overly self-critical and they always take the blame, and it must be you know, they get that codependent attitude of taking responsibility for everyone around them. But very often, when you notice that someone's doing something wrong, it does have to do with you. It could be that in some way you triggered something or caused something. That's first of all. And even if you know you didn't, 
then sometimes just the way you're dealing with that person's difficulty is either, is either making it worse or at least not helping it. So, like I started off, when people are ready to look inside and see, you know what, what can I do about that? I'm noticing my, 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 my husband, my wife doing something wrong. Let's say he doesn't have to do it with me. Let's say I didn't cause it. But how am I dealing with it? Maybe if I would deal with it better, then it could already be solved. So instead of looking at someone else, it's always good to look inside. And very often, I would say that, that it actually has even a closer shaykhus. And sometimes you don't even realize how much a part in what someone else is doing, doing wrong, you actually have. So let, let, me, let me read a question over here. Um, and see if we can try to apply this idea and see if we can get some clarity. Okay. Thereby, Gruen, I just discovered your series on Torah anytime last week and searched through your archives to see if you addressed this question. It seems not. I've been struggling with this issue for a long time and I'm feeling very stuck. For the first year of marriage, I was head over heels with my husband. I couldn't see a single flaw in him and marriage, all in all, was bliss, despite some rocky Shana moments. I'm not sure what changed, but I no longer have the same spark. We married for nine years. And there are parts of marriage which should be more enjoyable, and secretly I view it as a chore that I have to check off so that I'm a good wife, and really don't enjoy it. I also find it hard to be encouraging and supportive when it used to come naturally. I find myself fighting annoyance about minor things my husband does, and while I do put in effort to be a good wife and do things that he wants, I'll help him with some of his work, I'll prepare his, his, the food that he likes. It's not coming from the same real place of wanting to please him because I love him. Instead, it's more that it's my responsibility as a wife. Just to be clear, I'm married to an unbelievably good person who goes out of his way to give me, to give to me and make me happy. He is also an incredibly talented and successful person. I don't deserve him. I feel guilty that I'm not naturally, that I can't naturally love him and give him what he deserves. Aside from my guilt and my natural desire to enjoy my marriage with the intensity that I used to, I also feel terrible because he's very in tune emotionally and often mentions that he feels like he loves me a lot more than I love him. He sometimes asks me if I really care about him, and I don't know what to answer. He clearly feels the difference. Possibly the way I feel is because we have very little time to spend together. And also, due to pregnancy and nursing, intimacy is often painful. I, I also run a business, which takes a lot of my headspace. I tried reaching out for help with this from a therapist, but we didn't actually get anywhere. What can I do to reignite my old feelings or create new strong ones? Thank you, Antisclimetsus. Okay, very good question. Um, it could be that I didn't that I didn't address this yet in my archives. I don't know. There are definitely a few hundred uh, sure in there on all different type of topics, but it's possible that I never um, addressed anything this like this specifically. Okay, years go by, and uh, you know it's not doesn't feel the way it used to. So the first thing that I want to mention, which I mention often and almost maybe not every week, but very often when people um, mention different uh, difficulties, problems, the first thing that I want that I want to mention is that it's very normal. It's very normal. Many people lose the initial enjoyment and spark of a relationship. It's very normal that when a couple gets married, now sometimes it's not, but very often, they're excited about each other, there's attraction, there's uh, all kind of good feelings, and everyone's feeling like, you know, they found the partner they were looking for. You enjoy the relationship, you enjoy coming home, you enjoy taking and giving and getting. It's, 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 it's very new to many people, and, and it's definitely something that for some holds on longer, for some shorter, and then over time, you know, it just slowly evaporates. Now, it doesn't evaporate totally. It doesn't necessarily turn into conflict, which sometimes it does, but, but it's, not, it's, not, it's not what it used to. So it, it's, not a pro, it's, it's not a problem. It's almost just about to be expected. Um, there's definitely the part about it not being fresh or attractive anymore. Right? It's, you know, just some things just aren't, aren't what it was in the beginning. Uh, and then there's also life responsibilities. You have children, you're making a living. 
life moves on. You can't just stay there and honeymoon your whole life. So, you know, if, if the fact that right after you got married, you had either time for each other or patience for each other or just that, that uh, feeling, whatever it was, you know, it's not, a, it's not a question that as time moves on, there's different stresses in life and different things in life that definitely um, change things. That's first of all. Second of all, even without all the added stress and even without all the, res- all the added responsibilities and distractions, a relationship needs to be maintained. I talk about this often. You, you, can't, you can't expect or assume that because you, two people love each other or have feelings for each other, any two people, by the way, even, even, even when it's as close as marriage, but, even, but in general, you can't expect two people that have feelings for each other to, to always feel that way and always um, um, you know, keep, keep it that way and, 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 and never see a change. It doesn't work. It's not, it's not, it's not, re- it's not um, realistic. In order for two people to maintain a relationship and feel good about each other, at least the same way, it has to be maintained. You have to do something about it. Well, what you should do, I'll talk about in a minute. But uh, all I mean to say is that it's normal that if you're just going to let it cruise, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go a little stale and not have you know, all, the, all the emotion that, that it did in the beginning. That, that's first of all. Um, I also want to mention that you're mentioning different annoyances. Different annoyances, you know, you're getting annoyed by different things about your husband that maybe in the beginning didn't bother you at all. I think that's also normal. I think it's also normal. In the beginning, you know, you head over heels, like you mentioned, that you know, was your term, right? You, you get excited about someone, and you don't notice different things that, that, that bother people. And as time goes on, and the good feelings go away, and it's not so exciting anymore, you start noticing things, right? Somebody, somebody buys a new machine or a new house or whatever it is. Also, a lot of times you're so excited about it, well, slowly, it's not the same. You start noticing different things that didn't bother you in the beginning. So I'm, I just want to point out that a lot of this is, is very normal. It's not, it's not a problem. I think that a lot of people can relate to this. I, I, let, let me move on. Point number two. The, the self-awareness and the, and the seeking a solution, I think, is amazing. I think it's amazing. I know a lot of people who, when they're hearing this question about a woman mentioning that the relationship is not as good as it used to be, nothing bad, but not as good as it used to be, and what could I do to make it better? I think a lot of people are very jealous. And I don't think jealousy is, is, is good. And I'm not trying to cause jealousy. I just want to point out that... Having a, a, a woman, a wife, that, that is self-aware, is self-aware before big problems come about, that I think there's something I should do about this marriage, and I think there's something I want to do about it. I'm looking for a solution. I think, I think it's wonderful. I'm sure many people would want that their husband or their wife would think this way. And like I mentioned, and like we started off, it's not about the other person, it's about you. It would feel so good if your spouse was the one reaching out to Rabbi Groom for a good idea about how to do things better. But if you could do it about yourself and be self-aware and not fool yourself or not be in denial about how you, where your relationship is, if it could use help, and, and be ready to face your challenge and do what you could about it, that's also some, you know, something very, very valuable. Um, sometimes just, just being honest about it and noticing the problem and facing it and, and sitting down with a pen and paper and saying, you know, what can I do about this? Even, even if nobody else will help you, just knowing that there's a problem, not a big problem, but, a, but an issue, and saying, you know, I, I want to do something about this. What could I do? What am I going to do this week to make things better? On your own, just being honest and facing the challenge, that alone is very often very helpful. What happens sometimes is, and this is where, again, I have nothing against therapists, and technically I'm also one. Maybe, I guess. I try to do the same job sometimes as other therapists do. But sometimes going to a therapist and turning this into a problem either is not going to help you because there's only so much that someone else can help you with um, and that you can't do on your own. And sometimes it will actually make it into a bigger problem than it is. Let's get to the bottom of it. Let's get to what it really is. 
Um, maybe there's bigger issues here. Sometimes people sit in therapy for years, you know, trying to dig and dig and dig, instead of just being honest and open and saying, you know what, maybe I got to make a small change. Maybe if I do this and this, my relationship will be better. You, know, you don't necessarily have to, have to get someone to help you, and certainly not someone who's good at finding problems. So I'm just mentioning because you wrote that you tried going to a therapist and it didn't help much. What you do want to sometimes try is to find someone empathetic and wise. It could sometimes be a, a, good, a good friend or a mentor or a college teacher or somebody who's just a little more objective and a little more experienced just to give you a few ideas that you may not have tried yet. You know, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a problem that you go to someone who's used to solving problems and sometimes used to finding problems or making problems. And Bechlal, sitting down and being aware of an issue instead of ignoring it is so helpful because very often there are things in life that bother someone, for example. Right? Something about you, something about you uh, bothers me. Something about you uh, annoys me. And because, I'm not, because I'm not having the, the time and the space and the patience to sit down and try to figure out what it is and what I can do about it, it's going to keep on annoying me and keep on, on you know, making me unhappy. Sometimes when you, when you figure out what it is, again, only just because you have a few minutes to think, you know what, what is it that's bothering me? I think I realize now. I think in the morning when, this, when I see this, this bothers me. Even if you can't do anything about it, just knowing what it is and accepting it sometimes, saying, you know what, I really can't do anything about that. I think it's pretty normal actually. You know what, I choose to accept it. It's, it's a conscious acceptance that before you make that conscious decision of saying, you know, it's okay, my husband leaves the socks on the floor. I asked him two, three times to pick it up. He didn't do it yet. You know what, uh, it's okay. I don't enjoy it. I don't like picking up his socks, but I'll pick it up and I'll accept it. And when I do it, I'll tell myself that I'm doing this to make my marriage even better. Right? Sometimes just, just accepting and being conscious about it makes it better. And sometimes just figuring out what it is that makes you annoyed about something actually does let you help the situation and, 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 and fix it. So all I'm saying is that, that just being honest and facing a challenge, whether you're going to accept it or change it, is better than just ignoring it and making believe it's okay. So again, I'm just commending the questioner, and I'm pointing it out to people who can learn from this, that if things aren't geschmack, and you're going home every day after work thinking, and not feeling great about going home, or not feeling great about uh, spending time with your spouse, or whatever it is, and instead of just getting those feelings and just trying to distract yourself with work or with other things, you're ready to sit down and just figure out what it is that's bothering you. See if you could do something or you can't do something, and if you could, you do it, and if you can't, you accept it. Just, just making that, that conscious, um, you know, that awareness is also something that's, that's very helpful. And when you're doing so, when somebody does want to look for a solution, one of the most important parts, and this is what we started with, and I keep on mentioning it, is the introspection. So often, we're either too, we're either too um, I'm busy to think about it, or, or, or we're afraid to face what it is that might be challenging my relationship. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's you. It doesn't mean, you have to, doesn't mean you're a bad person. Sometimes, maybe you're just too tired to, to appreciate a relationship, or to get it right. Maybe you're just too stressed out, or you're too preoccupied. Could it be? Now, sometimes people don't want to hear that because what do you mean? I'm, I'm busy with so many important things. So many people need me and so many people depend on me and my day is too, is too full and I just don't have time for these things. That, that's what prioritizing is about. So if you see things that aren't going the way you want for whatever reason and you're willing to take a deep look inside and say, you know what? Maybe I should be doing something different and then, and then, I'll, and then my, my spouse will be more attractive. So instead of saying it's a problem and, and what could be done about the problem, you know, what could I do? It could be I'm just not, um, it could be instead of either convincing myself that, it's, that it must be someone else or something that I don't understand, maybe it's simpler than that. Right? To enjoy a relationship or to be an equal part of it, you definitely have to, have, to, have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself.
the reason why I mention this is because I see often people make this mistake. I don't think this questioner, by the way, is making this mistake. I'm just pointing it out. I always mention it. I hope I don't say anything that sounds critical to somebody writing to me. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just mentioning this. That some, Somebody just told me this line last week. So I'm, I'm using it in here, but I, I think it's so true. You know, an analogy to a guy who gets stuck in the middle of the road. His, his car stops in the middle of the road, and people start beeping and honking. You know, what, what do you think you're doing? Stopping in the middle of the road. What happened? You're waiting for someone? You're on, you're on a phone? Get out of the way. So the guy hears all the beeping, gets out of the car, and he starts explaining to the guy behind him, and all the cars behind him, that if you back up a little bit, you'll be able to go around me. And if you can go this way, I'll help you go that way, instead of just getting his car out of the way. It's so easy for someone to figure out how many good ways somebody else could be maneuvering around them and, and make things work. And very often people do that. I've seen people that are so busy, right, so busy, um, so many hours they're busy, with so many different things they're busy, and it's challenging the relationship. And they come up with all good ideas. If only my spouse would take a nap from 8 to 9, then when I'd come home at 10 o'clock at night, um, she would have more koyach to give me supper and spend time with me. In the meantime, I come home at 10.30 at night, and she's tired now. Why can't she do things? Again, you're coming home at 10 o'clock at night, and you're coming up with ways that your wife would be able to accommodate your schedule, and it's true, she could. Now again, that might sound a little extreme, even though I've heard that before. I'm just mentioning that sometimes people have so many ways for someone else to do something differently without realizing that maybe it's you. And, and you doesn't mean that you're a problem. It means that you might be doing something that if only you would make small changes about yourself, it would, it would just be easier for you and for everyone else. So even when you feel that the problem is that I'm, I'm, I'm not attracted to my spouse anymore, making it sound subtly as if I wish that person would be more attractive, maybe you could do something to, to help yourself become more attracted by being less preoccupied with other things. For example, you know, it's, it's just... Uh, so again, I, I don't think this question is making this mistake. I'm just mentioning it because so often people come, come up with so many different ways that somebody else could, could work around their issues and, and even with whatever I'm doing, everything would be working beautifully instead of realizing that you know, it's, it's, not, it's not the way it should be. So, just another word about prioritizing. You know, marriage is important. It's very important. Sometimes people look at it like, you know, as long as we're passing by, we no big problems. I hear this often. Whether people are coming to talk to me about children, about other things in life. And sometimes I, I just mention, I ask, you know, how's Shulam Bias, whatever. No, it's good. No, no big issues. Again, no big issues is wonderful. And you should be thankful. You should be appreciative. You shouldn't, you shouldn't take for granted. But putting little issues under the rug instead of dealing with them is, is also something to, very, you know, to be very aware of. So, for example, if you mention that it could be, and it could be, I don't know, and it's just it could be, but if you know that it could be that spending more time with your spouse, with your husband, would, would make the relationship, would, would reignite that spark that you're looking for, so why, how come you're not doing it? Now, I know life is busy, and we're all busy, and it's hard to find the time, but if you understand the importance of getting your relationship right, and you're aware that this might do it, then, then what's stopping you? Nothing else is as important. It's sad when people hit crisis situations, and all of a sudden they have time. Now, I know it sounds cliche, and we all know that, yeah, when you have to, you do. And, and, but my point is that when it means enough to you, and it's a priority to you, then you're going to do it. Instead of saying, it could be it's a time, it could be I'm not spending enough time, but, but, but what is it? You just said it. That, that might be what it is. It, it, it really could be what it is. Now, again, you might want to talk to a college teacher about different things, you know, that, you know just, just to get a, a refresher course or a fresher idea about how to how to help this out because it's very typical that women 10 years into marriage are losing that, that connection that sometimes you know qualified uh, mentors could help you out with okay, I'm just mentioning it vaguely but it, it's, it's clear that there are 
things that you could do, whether it's spending time together, or whatever else it may be, that, that could definitely help you, and I think it's very important to, to take care of that. And if there's anything disturbing you, like I said before, sit down with a pen and paper, figure out what is it, what's annoying you? What is it that your husband's doing that's annoying you? Is it something you could do something about? Do something about it in a very nice way. Bring it up in the most non-challenging way. And maybe something can be done about it and it won't annoy you anymore. And you, and you feel more attracted to the person. And if you can, and, and that's fine, by the way. Right? If, it, if somebody else's um, schedule or, or um, hygiene or other things annoys you, then you're not controlling them, but you're allowed to ask nicely if something can be done about it, as long as it's not making anyone feel bad. It would be a shame to... To not address it, if it could be addressed in a very nice way and be taken well, you know, and, and, and things would be better. And like I said before, if it can't, at least know what it is that's bothering you and accept that, it, that okay, I'm, I'm okay with it, instead of, instead of, you know, not accepting and, and, and constantly being bothered by it. There's another two points that I want to mention. One is that we're not always able to control how we feel. We aren't. We are. And very often we want to be. Very often people are afraid of something or obsessing about something or nervous about something or excited about something or sad about something. We, we're not always in control of how we feel. Whatever kind of therapy or, or, or CBT or, or any kind of different uh, method you want to use to help yourself feel better, that's wonderful. But sometimes you're not in control of how you feel. Sometimes you don't feel as loving or patient or caring to a spouse or children as, you, as you'd want to be. You just don't feel that way. What can you do? There might not be something you could do right away, at least not short term. But what we are in control of is our actions. So I just want to, again, commend the questioner and point out that some people, when they feel not so loving or feel not so great about a relationship, they, they start justifying why they're not anymore helping this spouse or doing for this spouse or, or being available or being whatever. Because I, I, I just don't feel. You know, if, if I don't feel, then it doesn't work. And I, you know, I can't make believe and all those kind of excuses people give. It's wrong. Even if you don't feel, and even if you want to still feel, and even if things aren't as good because you're not feeling, the fact that you keep on doing what you should be doing. Keep on being there, keep on smiling, keep on being available, keep on, like I said, spending time together, keep on, on doing whatever you could. Behaving, behaving in, a, in a close and loving manner is something you could always do. You might say, well, it doesn't come out great and my spouse notices. It's true. There might be things you could do even better. But behaving in, 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 in the right way is something that is in your control and feeling a certain way might not be in your control. So when people justify... The, the lack of behavior because of the lack of feeling, there's something wrong with that. And very often, if you start falling away, you know, you, you start um, not, not doing what you should because you're not feeling the way you should, then it's very hard to get that feeling back as opposed to somebody who just sticks to it. You stick to, you stick to doing the right thing and eventually, or the, or the right changes, you can definitely start feeling better as well. But there's another point that I want to mention and this is also just, just my, my intuition over here, reading between the lines. There's different kind of relationships. There's, there's the dependent relationships where people are dependent one on another. Sometimes it's unhealthy where everyone's leaning on the other person or sometimes just one's leaning on the other, the other one's not leaning back. But even when both are leaning on the other person and, and too dependent, no good. There's independent relationships where nobody needs each other, just roommates. You know, we're doing fine, I'm, I'm fine, she's fine. We don't really connect too much but you know, at least we're both taking care of ourselves. It's not either good. That's not what marriage is about. There's the codependent relationship where Two people are, are too dependent and taking responsibility for the other person even, more than you should. Obviously, also no good. And then there's the interdependent, which means that we both need each other. We're not relying on each other. We're not falling on the other person. And we're not taking responsibility for the other person, but we need each other. It's so important in a healthy relationship to have two independent people, people that are healthy, people that are doing well, people that are not um, relying on someone else to cover for them, but they still need each other. If two people don't need each other in a relationship, 
it's challenging. At the end of the day, somewhere, subconsciously, the, the, those feelings come in of, why am I even here? I don't need you. Go on vacation, I'll be fine. I have other people taking care of me. I can take care of myself. You want to need someone. And sometimes when you don't feel you need someone, you want to make sure that you need them. It's so important to, to be able to ask for, for favors from someone just to show yourself and that person, I need you. What if I don't? Need them. Go ahead. Get someone to do something for you that, that you wouldn't do for yourself or that you didn't think you need and make life even more enjoyable or, or, or more pleasant or just easier for you just so that you feel and you realize, you know, I really need this other person. I feel connected now because this person's offering me something that I didn't have until now. I, I don't need it, even if you don't need it. How about that special supper that you really don't need that somebody that your wife could cook for you? Maybe you'll enjoy it and you realize, wow, this person's doing something for me that I, yeah, I wasn't getting till now. I'm fine, I could, eat, I could eat sardines and crackers for supper. But if you get a good supper, isn't it more batant? Or somebody can make a phone call for you, or help you with something, or spend time with you, or help you in any which way. It's important for both of you. It's important for your spouse to know that you need them. And so often I see people making that mistake of showing the other person, they think they're doing a nice thing by, you know, I'm not going to bother you. But you show someone, I don't need you. I'm fine without you. I don't ask you for any favors because I'm fine. It's a terrible, it's a hurtful message. But even for yourself, you want to need someone. So just in case I'm picking up on the fact that this questioner is helping her husband with his work, preparing food for him, um, running her own business, taking care of herself, being very busy, where do you need your husband? Now, I don't want to point out or imply that you don't need him, he's no good. I'm happy that you mentioned that he's such a wonderful person. You have a wonderful husband, need him. Need, let him help you with things that you do. Let him help you with things that are important to you. Spend time with him and feel good that he's making time for you. Or cut down on different things and, and don't be so busy and self-sufficient. So again, there's a lot to talk about that. But uh, uh, it, it's definitely... Um, you know, if you're just giving and not getting, it's not good for either of you. So again, I, I don't know if that's the situation over here. I'm just mentioning. It's so important for everyone to be that's in a relationship, whatever it may be, to make it into an interdependent relationship. If you're not getting from your spouse, either because your spouse is very difficult and hard to get from, or you're not getting from your spouse because you're self-sufficient and you just don't need the other person enough, and there's not enough that person could offer you, work on that. Come up with creative ways, small ways, ways that, re- that resonate and, and ways that can be appreciated by yourself, re- ways that aren't too difficult for someone else you know, to offer, or things like that. And slowly you'll start realizing that there's more connection. So whether it's spending time together, or learning how to connect and prioritize in the relationship, or learning how to give and take in a healthy way, I believe in Ibish herself, this is something that could definitely help a relationship uh, reignite its spark. So without getting resentful, without getting annoyed, or without wondering why is this happening, you know, it's important to realize it's normal, and you just have to work on it and do something about it. I mean, Ibish herself, you know, with the right communication, with the right connection, with the right dedication to the relationship, with the right importance, uh, with the right emphasis, you know, put on, on making this relationship work, Ibish herself will be able to talk and make it work, make it long-lasting, invest a lot of koyach, invest a lot of time in it, I mean, I myself live together, but have a Ahmed Shalom Barayas.